You're listening to Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. Each week we present a pub quiz style program with four rounds of varying themes consisting of eight questions each, in addition to a music round and bonus anagram. If you'd like, we have a PDF scoring sheet available on our website, TriviaTimePodcast.com, which you can use to answer along. Each correct answer will be worth one point unless specified otherwise. Similar to a pub quiz experience, we serve up a fun mix of trivia as well as friendly banter. Get together with your trivia team or play solo, at home, or on the go because it's trivia time. Welcome to episode 172 of Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. I am your host, Kelly Sharon, and I am joined by our quiz master, Ricky Lime. Hi, Kelly. How's it going? Good. How are you? Well, at the moment, I have a little dog in a sweater just sleeping on my lap, so great. Life can't be too bad. No. (laughs) We've got it bad for each other. Aw, buddies. It's like cloyingly, sickeningly sweet between us. Love fest. We're very locked in. I took them up the mountains to find some snow. We did not find any snow, but we did find each other. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) He looks real cute in a puffer vest. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So sweet. How are you? Staying warm? Yeah, staying warm, staying cozy. Good, good. Yeah, all good. All right, so quite a few new five-star reviews to give shout-outs to. Just a handful of appreciated listeners who have showed their love this past week or so. Thank you so much to Chrissy Bent, 33, Svenison, Langley Wee, Nora Nemi, Family Wanger, and Lauren DFDF. I'm sure that I butchered like most of those pronunciations, but you know, I'm doing what I can and we definitely really appreciate all of you. So thank you so much. No, thanks to the review that we got that was one star because we include way, capitalized, way too much gay propaganda. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) We are the gay agenda. Any mention of queerness sometimes puts some fellas into a tailspin. But, you know, that's on you. You can get your straight content from uh, everyone else. Yeah, 90% of the other shows. (laughs) Have at it. Knock yourself out, bros. (laughs) But we also had quite a few new patrons. This last month, I think we have had more patrons join than any other month. So it's been a really awesome influx that has definitely made our holiday season extra special. Just to name a few, huge shout out to Daniel, Sierra, Levi, Chuck, and Caitlin. Thank you so much for supporting our show. Keeping things going. Thank you all. And just a few more shout outs before we get going with our program today. I just wanted to say hello to the group of neighbors in Madison, Wisconsin, who regularly listen to our show together. Super cute. Hello, Tracy. Apparently, she's the team captain, whatever that means. Cool authority right there. I do have a round in your honor coming up on a future episode. As well as hello to Marty, Tammy, Will, Margaret, Evan, Dan, and Abby. That's a party right there. Yeah. What up? What up, crew? And then just a little mention, we have a brand new visual roundup for the month of January, and beware, it is queer. So more gay propaganda coming at ya. You're welcome. (laughs) It features famous folks that came out as varying shades of queer in 2022. Check it out. Check it out. All right, it's time to get to our bonus anagram of the week. 
This will be due at the end of our program after we reveal the answers to round five, so you have plenty of time to work on it. Our bonus anagram this week is Hurled Goths. H U R L E D G O T H S. And the question that goes with this anagram is One of his most celebrated works, what 1925 silent film comedy was written by, directed, produced, and starred Charlie Chaplin. Moving on to round one. Round number one is called Dear John. This round goes out to patron and friend of the show, John. And I actually saw him just last night at a live quiz and presented this round. He celebrated his birthday just a few days back. So happy birthday, John. This is a general knowledge round in your honor with questions that all contain the name John. Happy birthday, John. Question number one. What 1978 horror slasher film classic did filmmaker John Carpenter direct and score? Question number two. Music legend John Lennon had two sons. List either of their names for a point. Question number three. Child beauty queen JonBenet Ramsey was found murdered in 1996 in her home in what U.S. state? Question number four. In 2015, musician John Mayer joined what rock band alongside jam band icon Bob Weir? Question number five. John Major served as UK Prime Minister from 1990 to 1997. List either the prime minister that preceded or succeeded him for a point. Question number six. The prestigious private research university, John Hopkins University, is located in what major U.S. city that is nicknamed Charm City? Question number seven. In the 1973 Disney animated film Robin Hood, what type of animal is the loyal sidekick character Little John? Question number eight. Elton John teamed up with pop stars Dua Lipa and Britney Spears, releasing what two 2022 chart-topping hits? List each song title for a half point each. We'll give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. Here are the answers for round one. Dear John, question number one. The 1978 slasher film directed and scored by John Carpenter is Halloween. 
a very simple but effective score. It's kind of like in the same lane as Jaws where you only need like three notes and it's totally terrifying. You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) totally. Question number two. You needed to list first names for either of John Lennon's sons for a point and they are Sean and Julian. And both of those sons have different biological mothers. He had them with his two wives, respectively. Hmm. The more you know. Question number three. Child beauty queen Jean Benet Ramsey was found murdered in 1996 in her home in Colorado. It still remains like one of the most high profile, disturbing, unsolved cases in American history, if you ask me. Yeah, like how many minutes of true crime has been devoted to this case? (laughs) I mean, I've devoted several minutes to listening about this case, and I do have some theories. Same, same. Yeah. How can you not, you know? Yeah. Question number four. In 2015, musician John Mayer joined the rock band Dead & Company. And we will also accept Grateful Dead because it's basically just a side project, but they play all the Grateful Dead hits. So Hmm. (laughs) question number five, you needed to list either the UK prime minister that preceded or succeeded John Major for a point, and they are Margaret Thatcher and Tony Blair. Oh, the old iron lady. (laughs) Cool commentary. You know, that was when prime ministers actually lasted longer than a couple years. It's really been a revolving door lately. Yeah, it's wild over there. They just keep calling elections. They're in, they're out. Right. Pa-pa-pa. Pa-pow. It's a lot. Pa-pow. It's a lot. Question number six. The prestigious private research university, John Hopkins University, is located in Baltimore, Maryland. Also home to another John, John Waters. Friend of the show. (laughs) Friend of the show. We actually have quite a few taters from Baltimore, Maryland. I want to go. Yeah, it seems fun. I want to go as well. Maybe someday. Live show. Whoop, whoop. Question number seven. In the 1973 Disney animated film, Robin Hood, the type of animal that loyal sidekick character, Little John, is, is a bear. So cute. I love that his name is Little John, even though he's a big bear. So cute. When I presented this round live, I did include a picture of Little John, the bear, dressed in drag. Do you remember that scene? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where he gets all just like frumpy and layered. Totally. Looks very natural and also very enthusiastic about that getup. So here I go again with my gay propaganda. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) You can find it everywhere. (laughs) Do you think that Little John the Rapper was inspired by Little John the Bear? Uh, Maybe. I don't think so. I think the only (laughs) thing that they have in common is they both growl. (laughs) Everybody! Everybody! (laughs) Question number eight. For a half point each, Elton John teamed up with pop stars Dua Lipa and Britney Spears, releasing the two 2022 hits, Cold Heart and hold me closer visualizer so you did not need to include that parenthetical subtitle visualizer for that half point both of those songs were really great and good on him to resurface some of his old hits work them into new hits stay relevant and put out some awesome pop songs so so good yeah they're super fun 
Moving on to round two. Round number two is called Pick It Up, Pick It Up. This one goes out to our patron, Zach. Zach's son Holden actually had a Mario-themed round this past week. And the two of them, along with Brooke, listen to the show regularly in the car. So we hope you enjoy this music round. Apparently, Zach is a big fan of throwback ska and punk bands. So pop on some suspenders and skank your way onto the dance floor with this round consisting of a collection of ska and reggae-influenced songs. Hey, Zach and family. One. If you wanna make a move, then you better come in. It's just a ability that reason that we're so thin. Living and dying, and the stories that are true. Sink into a collapse, knowing when you're through. Black coat, white shoes, black hat, Cadillac. Three. for round two pick it up pick it up song number one was santeria by sublime I don't practice santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. song number two was time bomb by rancid song number three was mirror in the bathroom by english beat mirror in the bathroom please 
Song number four was A-Punk by Vampire Weekend. Song number five was Bathwater by No Doubt. Song number six was Sell Out by Real Big Fish. Sell out with me, oh yeah, sell out with me tonight. The record company's only kidding. Song number seven was Smile by Lily Allen. And song number eight was The Impression That I Get by Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That's the impression that I get. So while I would say that ska is definitely not my favorite genre, there's a few good ones in the mix. I really do love English beat. I agree. And Lily Allen's pretty great. That was probably like the the one that was a little bit of a far fetch, but it definitely has that sort of ska undertone feeling to the song. So I wanted to include her. And I did go through a pretty big rancid phase when I was in high school on the heels of Tim Armstrong's other project, Operation Ivy. Yeah, I'm actually not mad at this list now that I see it all thrown together. But I would also not say ska is my favorite, but turns out I find myself bopping along to these jams yeah moving on to round three so round number three is called floating in a tin can which is a david bowie song lyric reference to spacecraft so we actually teamed up with listener roger for this classic subject round on nasa space shuttles you must guess the names of each spacecraft described for one point each thank you roger question number one Housed at the Kennedy Space Center, what is the name of the last space shuttle to orbit the Earth that was named for an oceanographic research ship, which itself was named for a legendary lost island described by Plato? Question number two. This engineering test vehicle used for pilot practice in the 1970s was renamed after a TV show's fictional starship at the request of the show's fans. Question number three. Flying further and longer than any other shuttle, it delivered the Hubble Space Telescope to orbit and took John Glenn on his last trip into space. Named after a series of British exploration ships, what is this shuttle's name? Question number four. Resting at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama, this non-flying test vehicle shuttle has the same name as a James Fenimore Cooper novel, as well as a popular Nissan car model. Question number five. Built to replace a shuttle destroyed in flight and named for a British vessel used by Captain James Cook on his voyage of exploration in the mid to late 18th century, the same name was used previously by an Apollo lunar lander and afterward by the Dragon 2 spacecraft in 2020. Question number six. With a name in Latin meaning dove and sharing a name with an outerwear company, 
This space shuttle was the first to reach orbit in April 1981 and was destroyed on re-entry in February 2003. Question number 7. The shuttle that took the first black American astronaut and first female American astronaut into space was also the shortest-lived space shuttle. Active for only three years and ten missions, it was named after a British ship famous for commandeering the first global oceanic research expedition, as well as a popular Dodge car model. Question number 8. This gigantic 1 to 1 scale model of a non-flying space shuttle, built from original blueprints, is housed at Space Center Houston in Texas and has the same name as America's July 4th holiday. We'll give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. the answers for round three, floating in a tin can. Question number one. The name of the last space shuttle to orbit the Earth that was named for an oceanographic research ship is Atlantis. Question number two. This engineering test vehicle, renamed after a TV show's fictional starship at the request of the show's fans, is the Enterprise. And just a fun fact is its original name was the Constitution. <laughs> so I feel like Enterprise, even though it's not like overtly a good time, it's better than the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, that's not very fun. Question number three. The spacecraft that flew further and longer than any other shuttle and named after a series of British exploration ships is Discovery. I feel like a lot of these NASA spacecrafts are named after British ships. Like it's just like a, a rule of thumb. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it seems weird a little. Yeah. Like, didn't we break up with the British a little bit ago or something? <laughs> We're not over it, apparently. It's like that X you just can't shake, you know. I got nothing but love for the Brits. <laughs> We're real Anglophiles, I suppose. Well, you know, they're funny. They like to drink and they have a lot of tasty potato dishes. So Yeah, you're right. They can sit with me. Question number four. Resting in Huntsville, Alabama, the non-flying test vehicle shuttle with the same name as a popular Nissan car model is the Pathfinder. Question number five. The shuttle with the same name used previously by an Apollo lunar lander and the 2020 Dragon 2 spacecraft is Endeavor. So I actually have seen Endeavor in person because it lives in Los Angeles at the California Science Center. It is like breathtakingly massive. It is intense how big these space shuttles are. It is crazy. That's cool. I don't know if I've seen one like live. Yeah, it's worth checking out. And California Science Center is right up against the National History Museum and is also free. It's donations only and is a good outing for families. Sponsored by, no, just kidding. <laughs> Endeavor. <laughs> Question number six. 
with a name in Latin meaning dove, the space shuttle that was destroyed on re-entry in 2003 is Columbia. Question number seven. The shuttle that took the first black American astronaut and first female American astronaut into space that shares a name with a popular Dodge car model is the Challenger. So the first American woman in space was Sally Ride, or Dr. Sally Ride, who had a PhD in physics, real smart gal. And just a fun fact is she revealed before her death from cancer in 2012 that she was also the first known LGBTQ astronaut. And her and her partner actually founded an educational company and wrote quite a few books to uh, teach kids about space. So. A little twofer there. <laughs> oh, yeah, awesome. More gay propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> Question number eight. The gigantic one-to-one -one scale model of a shuttle that is housed at Space Center Houston in Texas is Independence. Moving on to round four. Round number four is called PTA meeting and is not what it sounds like. This round goes out to patrons and friends of the show, Lyndon and Miko. They actually joined me at a live quiz recently. Hey guys, really awesome to meet you. They are a lovely couple who enjoy Paul Thomas Anderson films, hence PTA. So this round is all about him and his films. Thank you, Lyndon and Miko. Question number one. Three Paul Thomas Anderson films have been nominated for a Best Picture Oscar to date. List two of them for a point. Question number two. What area of Los Angeles did Paul Thomas Anderson grow up in and still lives in? This area has been the backdrop for four of his films to date. Question number three. What American entertainer starred as the aspiring adult film star Dirk Diggler in the 1997 Paul Thomas Anderson film Boogie Nights? Question number four. In his 1999 film, Magnolia, what rained from the sky toward the film's climax, a biblical reference. Question number five. What comedic entertainer did Paul Thomas Anderson marry in 2001? The couple have four children together. Question number six. Based on a 2009 novel of the same name, what was the title of his 2014 film, a mysterious neo-noir comedy starring Joaquin Phoenix as a private investigator and hippie? Question number seven. His 2007 film, There Will Be Blood, was based on what single-word titled 1927 book by progressive-era author Upton Sinclair. Question number eight. What member of influential rock band Radiohead has Paul Thomas Anderson been a frequent collaborator with for his soundtracks? We're going to give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. 
are the answers for round four PTA meeting. Question number one. You needed to list two of the three Paul Thomas Anderson films that have been nominated for a Best Picture Oscar to date, and they are There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, and Licorice Pizza. It's funny because he definitely has some very different film styles. Yeah, an eclectic mix. Mm -hmm. I think of him as Boogie Nights, Licorice Pizza, these kind of cheesy Californian retro setting fun films, but... Phantom Thread was gorgeous and very serious. Also, There Will Be Blood was an excellent movie. Yeah. Very solid slate, for sure. Question number two. Serving as a backdrop to many of his films, the area of L.A. where Paul Thomas Anderson grew up in and still lives in is the Valley. Which is the San Fernando Valley. So we'll accept either of those. You know... The Valley is pretty hip now. As far as Van Nuys, Boulevard, Studio City goes, it's got some fun stuff. Yeah, things have kind of changed over there. Uh-huh. Less suburban, for sure. And super expensive. <laughs> Joining the rest of LA. Question number three. The Boogie Nights character, Dirk Diggler, was played by Mark Wahlberg. I loved Boogie Nights. I'm not a Mark Wahlberg fan, but he did pretty he did a pretty awesome job showing off his diggles in this movie. <laughs> this was well cast. Yeah. It's a fun one. Julianne Moore, forever my girl. Mm-hmm. And speaking of her, question number four. In his nineteen ninety-nine film, Magnolia, the film's climax featured frogs raining from the sky. Again, Julianne Moore was in that one and was such a highlight. That film was pretty epic. Yeah, that was a good one. Question number five. The comedic entertainer, wife, and mother of Paul Thomas Anderson's four children is Maya Rudolph. He's a lucky man. She rules. I love her. She's hilarious. Oh, she's the best. Question number six. The title of his 2014 film starring Joaquin Phoenix as a private investigator and hippie is Inherent Vice. So I actually don't think I saw this one. I don't think so either. It sounds good. Question number seven. His 2007 film, There Will Be Blood, was based on the Upton Sinclair book, Oil. Question number eight. The Radiohead member and frequent Paul Thomas Anderson collaborator for his soundtracks is Johnny Greenwood. He's a busy guy. He does a lot of film soundtracks that are always solid, really talented. I don't think I knew. What was the film last year with Kristen Dunst, who was just like a drunk, sad mom in the West? Oh, yeah. Um, dog, dog. He created the soundtrack for Power of the Dog. That's what it was called. And that was really great, too. The more you know. Moving on to round five. So as always, round number five is our connection round. It is a series of seven seemingly unrelated questions and answers that are somehow connected. So the answer to number eight will be the connection. Question number one. English musician and personality Emma Bunton is better known as her popular 1990s stage name. What was this name? Question number two. What edgy filmmaker directed the controversial films Kids, Gummo, and Spring Breakers.
Question number three. Published by Condé Nast, what pop culture and fashion magazine was criticized in 2008 for having Annie Leibovitz photograph a 15-year-old Miley Cyrus while she posed topless? Question number four. What pizza chain giant blamed the NFL kneeling controversy for decreased sales due to less football viewers? A year later, it surfaced that the owner and founder used a racial slur during a conference call. Question number five. What 2007 Fergie pop hit samples Little Richard's The Girl Can't Help It? Question number six. What non-wimpy American brand of trash bags feature the cinch sack design? Question number seven. What 2014 Weird Al Yankovic hit was a parody of Iggy Azalea's song Fancy, released earlier that year and featuring Ariana Grande? It's connection time, and question number eight is the connection between the answers for questions one through seven. We're going to give you a few seconds of music to wrap things up before we move on to the answers. And just as a reminder, the bonus anagram will be due at the end of this round. the answers for round five are connection round. Question number one. English musician Emma Bunton is better known as Baby Spice. She can only be known as Baby Spice. You know what I mean? Emma who? (laughs) Get those pigtails, girl. (laughs) And platform pink thigh-high boots. Question number two. Whoa, Kelly. What was that? Was that Elton John teaming up with yet another pop star, Baby Spice? I kind of hope not, but if anybody could pull it off, he could. I was going to ask if it was a Dirk Diggler exploding on my screen during his (laughs) re-entry. Dumb. Uh, I don't think it's either. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Actually, that was a triple tater, so if you correctly answer this question, you will receive three points instead of one. The edgy filmmaker who directed Kids, Gummo, and Spring Breakers is Harmony Kareen. Man, I remember when Kids came out, people just lost their minds because it was so graphic and disturbing. Yeah, I think I've only seen Spring Breakers from the list. Yeah, you're young. Yeah. Question number three. The pop culture and fashion magazine that featured a photograph of a topless 15-year-old Miley Cyrus is Vanity Fair. A fun fact is nearly a decade later, Cyrus revisited this controversy on Instagram posting, quote, I'm not sorry, F you, hashtag 10 years ago. Classic Miley. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love her. Or not. Her New Year's Eve duets with Dolly Parton were excellent. Have you watched? No, because 
I watched her duets with Pete Davidson last year's New Year's Eve, and I was done. <laughs> Those were rough. It's like, wow, it's not for me. This show was much better, but really, I just watched the duets with Dolly. They were pretty good. Yeah, love her. Question number four. The pizza chain giant that blamed the NFL kneeling controversy for decreased sales shortly before audio footage surfaced of the founder using a racial slur is Papa John's. Not a friend of the show. Ouch. Don't support that guy. It's garbage. A fun fact is the next year, I think this was an attempt at like some damage control. Papa John's introduced the Shakaroni, which was a pizza <laughs> dedicated to spokesperson Shaquille O'Neal. Too little. It's not going to really cover it up. <laughs> no. Also, Shaquille O'Neal like pedals anything. Oh, he sure does. He'll rake it in. Yeah. You name it. Question number five. The 2007 Fergie pop hit that samples Little Richard's The Girl Can't Help It is Clumsy. I will forever think of this YouTube video that was set to this song that still cracks me up. And it's somebody that is basically doing impromptu trust falls in public <laughs> on strangers. That's amazing. Like, <laughs> I love that. It's so good. And she totally commits because half the time nobody catches her, just gets out of the way. Well, of course. Bam. Oh, my God. It is set to the song Clumsy. You should look it up. It's so funny. She's like in a grocery store line and then just like falls backwards. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I mean, it is so awkward. And people either get like horrified or ticked off or actually try to catch her. You know what I mean? So it's, sure. It's really funny. You should look it up. Amazing. Question number six. The non-wimpy American brand of trash bags that feature the cinch sack design is hefty. Those non-wimpy trash bags are a good place for those Papa John pizzas. <laughs> Bye. Question number seven. The 2014 Weird Al hit that was a parody of Iggy Azalea's song Fancy is Handy. So this one was just really silly and dumb. My kids liked it. <laughs> question number eight. The answer to question number eight is the connection between the answers for questions one through seven. And we had answers like... Baby Spice. Harmony Kareen. Vanity Fair. Papa John's. Clumsy. Hefty. And Handy. And all of those answers include the names of characters from... The Smurfs. Shout out to Hefty, who has a heart tattoo on his upper arm. Same with me. I see you, boy. <laughs> also, Vanity, obviously the queer Smurf. <laughs> Returning to our bonus anagram of the week, our bonus anagram this week was Hurled Goths. Hey, rude. No throwing Ricky. Yeah, don't toss me. I don't like being jostled, y'all. <laughs> the question that went with this anagram was... One of his most celebrated works, what 1925 silent film comedy was written by, directed, produced, and starred Charlie Chaplin? And the answer was... The Gold Rush. Hurled Goths scrambles up to be the Gold Rush. So the classic Chaplin character that he would portray in this film, among others, was known as the Tramp. Mm-hmm. 
Fun facts. Fun facts. Is that it, Kelly? We done? Another one on the books? I guess that does it for us. Everybody have a great week, and we will talk to you all again next week. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to Trivia Time, the podcast quiz show. We hope you enjoyed playing along. If you did, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple iTunes to help boost our show ratings and get the word out. We might even give you a shout-out on a future episode. Tune in every week for new episodes. We'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback. Our email is triviatimepodcast at gmail.com and our website is triviatimepodcast.com. On our website, you can find a printable PDF scoring sheet, which you can use to play along with every episode. We also have links to past episodes, monthly bonus visual rounds, exciting announcements, and more. Follow us on social media for weekly answer reveals, round reveals, and exciting announcements. And if you find yourself in Southern California and want to catch one of our weekly live quizzes, Join us on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. in Long Beach at Beach Garden Social House. This week's background and answer break music was The Beat of Nature by Alexi. This has been a Pick and Shovel production recorded in Long Beach, California and Lawrence, Kansas. Special thanks to our friends, families, and all of our trivia buddies. This episode has been hosted and written by Kelly Sharon and Ricky Lime, edited by Ricky Lime, and features an intro song by Ricky Lime. Until next time, later later, taters. My ex-girlfriend and I saw that movie Gummo, which is also just messed up. And halfway through, she said, I looked like that kid from Gummo. Rude. (laughs) And I was like, do you not like me? I think it was during the scene where he was like pooping and eating spaghetti while in the bathtub. (laughs) Thanks, babe. Cool, cool. Thanks, date. (laughs) A little side note, though. We recently had a bad review because I dissed the Weird Al song Fat, that's a parody of Michael Jackson's Bad because it's just like him eating food and singing really offensive, uncool sizest stuff. And the review was like, they're even offended by Weird Al, typical SoCal. (laughs) (laughs) Like Southern California just represents this, you know, really sensitive bunch of people who can't even handle some fat jokes. (laughs) Guilty? I mean, dumb, but also like, hello, SoCal is very familiar with diet culture. So if there's one thing that we know, (laughs) right, I know, I know, like, all right, whatever, whatever.